grace, and tonight's scripture reading is going to be from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Thanks, Grace. Appreciate you reading. So if this is your first time here at ECC, you may not have heard this phrase. If you've been here on a Sunday morning, you've probably heard us mention it. But we have this vision statement here at the church that we want to be a place that reflects the redeeming grace and transforming truth of Jesus Christ in a college town. Um, so I just want you to know right up front that uh, the campus community is something that is just central to our identity as a body of believers here in Bloomington at this place. And uh, so when we think about how we want to care for you guys, um, connection is a vital part of that ministry. And so I kind of want to let you all know um, our desire to minister to you and what we hope this service can play, um, what role this service can play in your life of faith uh, over your time here in Bloomington. So here at Connection, we want this to be a place where you guys can be built up and equipped in knowledge of who God is from Scripture um, and a place where you can encounter Christ um, through relationship. And so we want to minister to you as we preach God's Word, but we also want to minister to you through relationships. And uh, we want you to know that we are available and we'd love to spend time with you. And so every Sunday, uh, whoever preaches on Sunday evening here at Connection, we go over to the IMU. We hang out in the Starbucks on Monday afternoons, usually from 1 to 3. Um, if it's me teaching, I'll be there. If Bob is teaching, then he'll be there. And uh, I would just encourage you to stop by. We love to get to know you. Um, that is one of the parts of my job that I love the most. I love spending time with students. I love to talk about IU basketball and sports and things like that. But the thing that really gets me excited is to talk about what God is doing in your life. And um, coming alongside you and looking at the opportunities he's given you to minister to other people, to make his name known here in this town. Uh, we want to equip you for lives of ministry and send you out into the community and send you out into the world when you graduate here uh, in four or two, six-ish years, depending on how motivated you are. And uh, if you're an athlete, if you'll redshirt, huh? And uh, yeah, so I want to encourage you in that, but I also want you to know that you guys have a unique opportunity over these next uh, however many years you're in town to minister to each other. Uh, you have the opportunity to build friendships and encourage and support each other in faith in a really powerful way as you live life together. And so whether that's here or whether that's another place in Bloomington, I would really encourage you to invest some time into building really meaningful friendships with other believers and speaking truth into each other's lives and reminding each other uh, of who God is and what he's done for you when you can't remember it for yourself because we all need to be encouraged, right? And uh, we hope that this will be a place where you really see the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ reflected in you, hear the truth taught. And so when we considered um, what do we want to teach here in Connection this fall, we've done uh, book studies in the past, we've done different series last fall, we did something called Rediscovering Jesus where we really dug in to the Gospels and looked at stories of Christ. And from talking with students, 
over the past year and just kind of thinking about what would be most beneficial, we've come up with a series for this fall in connection that we're calling The Path to Life, Explorations in Wisdom from the Old and New Testament. And uh, we're going to be mainly in Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and James. And I'll kind of let you know why we're doing that. So I think that something that's really common among all of us, no matter what our situation is, is there are times where we don't know what we should be doing, um, what decisions we should make, how we should be acting in different circumstances, in different contexts, as students, as employees, as friends, as teammates, um, as people in relationship with family members, bosses. Uh, man, life is not simple. And it takes wisdom to live life well as a follower of Jesus Christ, to live out our faith in a way that represents God well, in a way in which we're representing God's word um, through wise actions. And so that's why we're doing this series. We want to equip you guys with the knowledge that you need to be able to act with godly wisdom in the place that God has called you right now. And so there's a question that I want us to consider tonight in beginning this journey to understanding what godly wisdom looks like. And uh, that question is this, um, how do I live wisely in my context and make good decisions in the places I'm involved? This is a big aspiration. Um, where do we start when it comes to pursuing wisdom? We have this idea of wisdom, but sometimes it's like, is that something that I just get naturally when I'm like 40? Um, is that something that I need to have like this big epiphany and then I can have wisdom? Uh, where do we begin this road to becoming wise? Uh, that's something that's really tricky and that's what I want to talk about. And so that verse Grace read is where we're going to be here, uh, Proverbs chapter 1. So I want to give you a little bit of background on the Proverbs in case you um, just aren't very familiar with them. So the book of Proverbs is mainly um, writings of King Solomon, um, an ancient king of Israel. And so the book of Proverbs is mainly um, teaching from Solomon, but also wise men in the kingdom of Israel. And what they aim to do was teach young men how to live life wisely in light of who God is. And so they were meant to teach people the contrast between a life well-lived versus the alternative. And they cover really timeless and universally important topics, things that are just as meaningful to us now to look at as they were back then, things like relationships, power, fairness, money, time, sex, language, justice. And the Proverbs kind of seek to convey truth in really uh, quick and memorable ways. So if we're talking like modern day parables, uh, modern day Proverbs, pardon me, some of them that we would think of as a proverb would be, look before you leap, or uh, you snooze, you lose. Or if there are any uh, Will Ferrell friends, maybe like, if you ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby's proverb. Uh, so Proverbs seek to convey truth in a really quick and memorable way. But the book of Proverbs here in Scripture really aims to give followers of God kind of this in-the-moment sense of how to live or what life and living are all about. And so again, tonight's question, where do we begin this journey to pursuing knowledge and wisdom? Uh, and I think this is a pretty appropriate question for us to ask at the beginning of a new school year. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Proverbs chapter 1. If you don't, you can just listen. I want to work through this text one more time just so it's kind of fresh in our minds here. And so this is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of King Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. 
for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, to the wise. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So this uh, section that we've read is sometimes referred to as the prologue to the Proverbs. Um, and in those first four verses, we kind of see what the Proverbs are all about, right? The Proverbs are for attaining wisdom, insight, and understanding, but not just for the sake of gaining knowledge itself. These Proverbs are the, for the sake of learning that we might apply it to the way that we live. Um, not just so that we have really good ideas that we can tweet out. It's stuff that we should be able to live in our lives right where God has put us. And so in verses 5 and 6, we see instructions for how we should read these Proverbs. Uh, basically, he says, if you're wise, be teachable and listen to what they have to say. Uh, that's my snippet synopsis of those verses. And where I really want us to focus here tonight is verse 7, which is totally the lens through which the Proverbs and really all wisdom must be seen. And this is where we're going to focus tonight. Uh, Verse 7 shows us that the search for wisdom is not an endless journey. Uh, it's not unattainable for you at this point in your life. You might grow in wisdom as you age. I sure hope you do as God's Spirit works in your life. Um, but wisdom is attainable. And here's where it begins. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge that leads to life begins with acknowledging who God is and who we are. And that's what's at the core of the fear of the Lord. And so I want to talk about the first uh, dimension of what the fear of the Lord entails, and that's acknowledging what Scripture says about who God is. So when we read through the Bible, we see God as the creator of the world, the universe, um, over all time. God is eternal. Uh, we see that God is holy, meaning that he's different from us. Um, God is without imperfection. He's engaged in creation. He didn't just create and then abandon. He's still engaged, he's active in the world, and we see that God is a just God. Um, he's not going to allow sin and injustice to go on forever. Um, sin, this state of men wanting to be in charge of uh, the world, to be the God of their own lives, he's not going to let that go on forever. And so, uh, coming to this point where we acknowledge the nature and character of God should make an impact on us, not just in our minds, but in our emotions. As we get a sense of how vast and powerful and perfect God is through reading his word, we can't help but be affected on an inner level. And we develop the spirit of reverence. That's one of those church words. Um, reverence is a synonym uh, for fear. This spirit of humble adoration, recognizing who God is. And I think that this term, the fear of the Lord, can sometimes create trouble. Uh, for those of us who might be outside of the church tradition that really values the concept of fear of the Lord, or people who are even familiar with that language, because when we hear this term, the fear of the Lord, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get smited. Um, we have this fear, like, should we run and hide from God? Is that what this text is saying? Like, when you go to church, keep your head down. Um, is that what this text means? Uh, I think it's really important for us to look at this verse in the entire context of Scripture to really see what the fear of the Lord is about. Um, so when we look at the entire story of Scripture, we're going to see that the story of God intersects with the story of who we are as people. 
And when we do that, we see that God created man in his own image. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, um, God created man in his own image, and he gave us the ability to know him, a unique ability to even be in relationship with him and to partner with him in caring for his creation. Uh, but as human beings who chose to follow our own way apart from God's way, uh, we have turned inward and made ourselves gods of our own lives. We've fallen in sin. And this has alienated us from the Father, um, our absolute perfect and holy creator. We've chosen to follow our own way instead of his way. And this separates us from God. But as we continue in the story, we see that God's love for us was so strong that he did something drastic to bring us back to himself through Christ. Um, there are some times in our lives where it seems like it would be a mistake for us to show we really care. And I'm really thankful God did not feel that way. <laughs> Christ's death on the cross was a drastic way of God showing people that he cared for them. He loved them. He bore the ultimate cost to bring them back into a right relationship with him through Christ, giving up his only son that he might adopt us as his children. First uh, John 1, uh, this is... 3.1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. I love that last part of that verse, and that is what we are. Uh, man, don't we all need that reminder that because of the work of Christ, we are the children of God. And so we're right with Him in relationship when we trust Christ in faith, and we're heirs of the benefits of the kingdom. With Him forever, we're redeemed in Christ. And we can have hope no matter what our circumstances are. We can persevere in our circumstances. And we get to engage the world as part of God's mission. Um, people who come alongside him and this mission of renewing creation and making his name known. And so, as followers of Christ, when we come to thinking about the fear of the Lord, this is about acknowledging both how completely holy, how powerful, and how different God is from us, but it's also about recognizing how intensely, furiously gracious and zealously loving God is for his people. Uh, so as we acknowledge those things, God's holiness, and we encounter his grace, we are humbled before him, and we're inspired to live in a right way. And that's what the wisdom literature is all about. So looking at this initial question, where do we begin in our pursuit of understanding what it looks like to live lives of godly wisdom? What does the text say? We recognize that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So it's a prerequisite for understanding wisdom, the fear of the Lord. It's not the beginning like a starting line that you move away from. Uh, this term of the beginning of knowledge is much more like the alphabet is the beginning of reading, or numbers are the beginning of understanding math, or notes are the beginning of being able to read music. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is the foundation upon which life is built. We might progress in it, but we never move away from it. And that's what the gospel is like, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, the grace that saved us is the grace in which we live, and it's the grace that empowers us to live each day as followers of Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so, in concluding here, if you want to live a life marked by wisdom, and this should really be our goal, shouldn't it? Uh, the place to start is by acknowledging with your mind, your heart, and then your actions that God is Lord over all creation, um, and finding yourself in right relationship with him through Christ. 
And so when we look at this goal this semester, for us to really wrap our minds around what godly wisdom looks like and to grow in our ability to live in a wise way in this world, in the places he's put us, we need to recognize that wisdom isn't just about us growing as individuals, that we might feel better about, man, like, I am a whole lot better living as a Christian this year than I was last year. And, like, we're going to go home and all our friends are super impressed. Like, that's not what it's about. Um, obviously, we should be growing in our knowledge of how to live as far as in Christ, but this is about being equipped to love the world better as we know God and we know his ways more deeply. Uh, God has made truth and wisdom known. That's not something you're going to hear a ton of places in this town. God has made truth and wisdom known through his word. He's made himself available to us. We can have a relationship with him. He gives us power through his spirit to join him and his mission for the world. And so, um, in thinking about that, how do we jump on board with God's mission? Uh, we hear this term of evangelism, and what that's about is making the world uh, aware of who God is and what he's done in Christ. And what I want us to think about is that evangelism is really broad and it's really big. Uh, we are called to live in such a way that others see Christ in us and through us by the way that we think, the way that we speak, and the way that we feel, and even the way that we act. And we're going to look at a lot of those different ways this semester. And I am just thankful for God's word and the way he's spoken to me in studying the Proverbs already. And uh, I am praying for you all as we look at this together that he'll speak to you through his spirit in a powerful way that his word will uh, impact the way that you live your life as we go through this here together this semester. And so, uh, again, we just uh, are so thankful to have you here. And I look forward to getting to know you guys some of you, I connected with you at Faith Fest this afternoon, and you already showed up. Like, you guys are on it. Uh, it's pretty sweet. And uh, I just love building relationships with students and getting to know you and finding out about your gifts and your callings and kind of helping launch you into God's mission for your life. And I really genuinely look forward to getting to know you better. So, um, man, I get really distracted when I meet a ton of people. So I would love it if you would introduce yourself to me because I'll probably be doing something else. I don't know why, but I'd love to meet you. That's all I meant to say. So, uh, yeah. Band, you guys can come back up. We're going to close in a song of worship, but I would love to pray for you first. God, thank you for your word and the way that you instruct us, uh, the way that you encourage us, the way that you allow us to know who you are. And God, we thank you for the way in which uh, you haven't put us on this earth without knowledge of how we can live in a way that honors you. We thank you for your word in Proverbs, Lord, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And Lord, that is founded on the knowledge that you are a God who is holy, that you are a God who is perfect, and that you are over all of creation. But you are not a God that didn't love us so much, that you laid down your life. Um, you did something drastic. In your love for us, you met us with grace uh, in the midst of our mess. And that's something that you keep doing. Lord, I pray that um, we would have a posture of humility before you this semester. That we would have reverence before you. That we would recognize that we don't have it all together in ourselves. Um, that we need you. That we need you desperately. Um, but God, give us faith to trust in your word. And to know that you're a God who's provided for us fully. Uh, sufficiently, no matter what we're going through, and that we're not alone, that you are with us, 
that your spirit empowers us to live lives on mission as your people. And so I pray that you would continue to build us up in your word, that you would grow relationships and friendships, God, that we might be able to encourage each other. Uh, thank you for the places that you put us in this town. And I just pray that you would help us to recognize it's not just an accident that we've landed where we are, that you've put us there and that there are things you want to do in us and through us there, God. And so uh, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.